Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. This is the Sahara Force India podcast, as we take you on an access all areas tour of your favourite team. What's the best piece of fan mail you've ever received, Nico? Some underwear. Ladies? No, it was for me to wear. (laughs) Uh, Their average heart rate in the race is 150 beats per minute and it peaks at 175 beats per minute. The Lowdown. Well, Otmar, if it hadn't been for the first corner here in Bahrain, the end result might have been very different. Just sum up how it's been for the team here. Yeah, I mean, uh, looking back over the weekend, we had a a great qualifying run with Nico into P8. And uh, Cheka was just caught out um, by the new qualifying system where uh, his his quickest lap didn't count because uh, I think we were out about 30 seconds too late. So he started in P18. Um, because of the uh, difference in start position, we um, had a look at what we could do differently in the race, and uh, Checo needed to get a good start, which he did. And I think um, he went from P18 to P12, which was great. Uh, and unfortunately, after the uh, first after the first lap in P12, he tried to overtake one of the uh, Toro Rossos, I believe. They came together. And uh, that broke his front wing, and he had a pit thereafter. Uh, and he had to do an entire lap with a broken front wing, which is always slower. Um, and that meant we are on the back foot with Checo having pitted on lap two. It was difficult to get uh, to the end of the race on a two-stop anyway here. And then once you pit on lap two, effectively a three-stop becomes a two-stop. And uh, as you saw towards the end, we struggled with tire degradation. Nico, uh, similar, but... Um, he came together, I think, with one of the Haas cars in turn one, where uh, he was the one who was worse off. After it, uh, again, had to do an entire lap with a broken front wing, not the fastest way around, and then had to come in and spend 35 seconds total in a pit stop to change his front wing. So both cars by, by lap three were on the back foot, and it just never materialized thereafter. You have good races, you have bad races. Let's just put it forward to China now. What do you think the team can get out of that race in two weeks' time? Well, I mean, we've had uh, not the best of luck in two races now, so hopefully, uh, you know, uh, we'll work hard and uh, get a result where uh, where we know we can uh, we can finish. So uh, uh, well up in the points for both cars. And, um, you know, unfortunately... Uh, Australia, too, had a, uh, a red flag at the worst time for us. Um, so looking to China, if everything goes to plan, we can get both cars in the points. This is the Sahara Force India podcast.
So we're here in Bahrain with the uh, Force India drivers, Nico Hulkenberg and Sergio Perez. We've got some quick-fire questions for you guys. We'll be starting with Nico, then to Sergio, OK? Here we go. Nico, what time do you normally get out of bed? On a normal day, I would say 5.30. On an early day, 5 o'clock, you know, I like to be keen and eager, ready early. Are you that early? No, I'm not that early. More, more or less, around uh, my average time should be around nine. <laughs> <laughs> What's the best piece of fan mail you've ever received, Nico? Um, some underwear, a pair of. Uh, Ladies? No, it was Males. for me to wear, <laughs> but from a lady, of course. But uh, yeah, they're very, um, they're very fashionable, very cool. How much underwear have you been sent? Uh, not, not that much. Um, I think the best the, the best item I received was a, a nice letter from a from a fan that I had in China. Have you ever been scared of anything? Um, yeah, as a kid and teenager, and still nowadays, I'm not a big fan of spiders. I have to say, um, they used to scare the shit out of me when I was still like young, young. Um, now it's okay, but I still don't like to go and kill them and or put them out. <laughs> <laughs> you? For me, the snakes. The snakes are the, my big. Uh, a uh, scary thing, you know. But you don't mind spiders? No, I don't mind. Uh, I mind about the snakes. Spiders, I'm okay with it. <laughs> Nico, what's your favorite sport after Formula One? Uh, tennis. I'm a big tennis fan. I play myself. Whenever I get the chance, I go and visit tournaments. Um, really uh, yeah, into my tennis. It's a great sport. And uh, yeah, really like to watch it. Could you have played it professionally? Um, I think I could have I started, if I had started really early. Um, but I just... You know, I, I started very late and, you know, then it was all into racing anyway. But um, I guess had I started, you know, when I was really young and, and a kid with six, seven years old, possibly yes. Checo, what's your favorite sport after Formula One? For me, football. I really enjoy playing football and, and watching it. So I'm a big football fan. Could you have been a professional footballer? All depends, you know, with how early and how much I play into it. I certainly have some talent, but I don't know if I will have make it to, to big, big leagues, you know, to, for example, in Europe or to a top team. I don't think so. No. I've seen him play. I don't think it's enough. <laughs> Do you prefer a beach holiday or a city break? Uh, beach for me, definitely. Yeah. Where? Um, no, I mean, there's so many good places around the world, but, you know, just a nice beach, a nice uh, resort. You know, I'm a shorts and flip-flop guy. It's a good way to um, spend the holiday and to charge the batteries. Are you beach or city? Beach, obviously, from Mexico. So uh, for me, the best place to spend holiday is in Vallarta, in, in Mexico. Can you remember the first, how old you were the first time you drove anything? Yeah, I was uh, pretty young. I think it was uh, five years old on our, you know, my dad has a transport truck company and on our ground I was uh, driving the forklifts and, and working with the forklifts back then already. You, Checo? I was around five, six when, when I first drove a, a go-kart. What's your favorite TV series? Whoa, um, it's some, uh, you will not believe, but some soap. But they've actually stopped that one year ago. I'm really gutted about that. Some German soap, you know, all the love stories and all that stuff. It's always, you know, amusing and fun to watch. <laughs> Takes your mind off the serious life. But yeah, unfortunately, they have uh, canceled and stopped that uh, a year ago. Well, I'm very sorry to hear it. Checo, what's your favorite TV series? For me, it's, a, it's called Chavo del Ocho. It's a Mexican one. Uh, it's about some kids in, in Mexico. It's a very old one. It's from the 90s, 80s. Um, so it stopped a long time ago. Uh, most of them already have died. So, but it's still quite big in, in Mexico. So it's, it's the one that I enjoy watching. What's the craziest thing you've ever done? 
a hard one. I've done many crazy things in my <laughs> life. But if I had to pick one, doing some bungee jumps or stuff like that, uh, but that's not that crazy, but I've done a lot more crazy stuff. <laughs> but not nothing you want to tell us. Uh, have you got any answers? Well, it's all, I think, uh, confidential, the ones I wouldn't... I wouldn't want to share that with you right now. <laughs> Who's your favorite superhero? Mm, really like... Uh, I mean, I'm, I, I guess I'm supposed to like the Hulk, but I'm, <laughs> I'm really into Iron Man. I like Iron Man. Uh, and the actor, you know, Robert Denny Jr. and, and the figure as such is, is really cool, I think. You? I think I'll go for Spider-Man. Yes, I like the way, the way he flies around and how he moves around, so I'll go for him. And you'll scare Nico with all the spiders as well, yeah. Dream road car. Oh, that's a difficult one. There's so many nice, good cars. Um, for me, I would now pick two. It's probably a 918 uh, Porsche Spider and the uh, the new um, Pagani Sonda Huraya BC, I think it's called. Looks uh, two awesome cars. Yeah, as Nico said, there's so many nice cars around the world. Um, if I had to pick one right now, I think I'll probably go for LaFerrari. Uh, describe yourself in three words. Fun, uh, laid back, and serious. Uh, crazy, fun, and serious. <laughs> okay. I think there's a bit of copying going on here. Yeah. How many bottles of water do you drink on a typical day in Bahrain? Well, now it's not hot. It's really cold, actually, at the moment. So not more than in Europe, I would say. I don't know. Yes, Nico says it's not cold anymore. So probably, I mean, so far it's uh, one o'clock here. So I've drunk, I think, uh, one glass or two glasses so far. Nico, what's your favorite German food? Uh, probably a nice, it's called a currywurst rotweiss. The currywurst, okay. probably you know that. That's international, and uh, rot weiss is red and white, like you know ketchup and mayonnaise. <laughs> Very healthy. <laughs> what about Mexican food? The tacos, definitely go for tacos. Do you have uh, any hidden talents? I think quite a few here. At the moment, I think I'm happy with racing, but uh, a bit of maybe a bit of acting or something like that. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. <laughs> Are you an actor? <laughs> I'm not an actor. Uh, I, think, <laughs> I think um, I'm good at what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, last one. What's the weirdest rumor you've ever read about yourself in the newspaper or online? I think they're all pretty uh, normal, nothing too weird. And <laughs> Jacko, what have you read about yourself online? <laughs> For me, probably some uh, new girlfriends around, <laughs> but uh, just rumors. Okay, cool. Thank you, Nico Hulkenberg and Sergio Perez for joining us. This is the Sahara Force India podcast. We're joined now by Martin Poole, Nico Hulkenberg's trainer. Now, the age-old question, how fit do you need to be to drive a Formula One car? In a word, very fit. Um, the best way that I can summarise exactly how fit an F1 driver needs to be would just be to uh, give you a couple of basic facts about what they go through when they're in the car. Now, blood pressure and cardiac output increases a lot when, they, uh, when they're in a race. So this puts a huge strain on their cardiorespiratory fitness. Uh, their average heart rate in the race is 150 beats per minute and it peaks at 175 beats per minute. Now, this is usually caused by uh, a hormonal stimulus, which uh, from things like the race start, 
the pit in an outlap and also when they're fighting with, no, with another driver so when they're having quite a busy race they can see these peaks sort of really regularly so that's the equivalent of running at your top speed if you imagine that and the race distance or the race duration is up to two hours so that's a long period of time to maintain these very high um, heart rates and also have to manage the heat as well so you need to be very aerobically fit to you know keep your body in balance should we say when when you're in very hot conditions so sprinting for an entire marathon is what it sounds like yeah th- yes it's uh, they do have sort of some rest periods during the race obviously you know over a number of laps there are some quiet times and they're very well trained at kind of lowering these levels and staying relaxed they have to make a lot of decisions as well so they need to, to be able to do that but yeah it's uh, it's extremely difficult what would happen if you a man on the street just jumped into a Formula One car and tried to do a race, where would they fall short compared to Hulkenberg and Perez? Well, there's many challenges to driving a Formula One car, but I, th- I think the biggest one in terms of human performance would be their neck strength. So the average human head, um, when wearing a helmet, is about six kilos. One G is the normal gravitational force. So the guys in the car experience Gs of up to four or five. So that's four or five times the weight of their head. So they're having to maintain that on their shoulders and keep it still and keep it straight so that they can look at the apex of a corner or when they're braking, their head's not coming forwards too much because they need to be able to see where they're going. The likes of you and I, if we were to experience those Gs, we certainly wouldn't be able to keep our heads still. We wouldn't be able to look at the apex of a corner, so we'd have to slow down so that we could see where we're going. And slowing down when you're driving an F1 car generally isn't a good thing. So is the neck the main area that you focus on whilst training the drivers? There's a number of areas we need to focus on aerobic fitness uh, because, like I say, it's a long race duration. They're making lots of decisions, especially in 2016 with the regulation changes regarding communications. The drivers are having to make a lot more decisions for themselves. Um, But yes, it's neck strength. They also need explosive leg strength because they're hitting that brake pedal really hard, much harder than you'd imagine when you see it from the outside. But they're really doing an emergency stop every time they come to the end of a long straight. Um, So explosive left leg strength especially. They need a good core base as well because those G-forces aren't just affecting the head, they're affecting the whole body as well. So you need to have a good core stability um, for everything to work from. Um, so yeah, there's there's lots of specific areas that you wouldn't areas that you wouldn't normally focus on training in the gym. Do you do anything to help their reaction times or even eyesight? Yeah, we do some reaction training. We use lights. We use balls. We really have to think outside the box. So training in the gym, we often get a lot of funny looks from other people uh, when they see the type of thing that we're doing. But that's how we have to train. It's a unique sport. It is an athletic sport, but it's very different to, to most other sports. So we have to try and replicate some of those movements and fine motor skills that the drivers need when they're in the car. We have to try and replicate that. So, yeah, we do a lot of work on our reactions. What about diet? We are what we eat. Is there anything that you can feed the drivers that, that helps them when they're in the car? Yes, there's lots of things, but really, and it sounds a bit unglamorous, that the key over the race weekend is to keep things simple and not to try new things. So we use pre-season testing, we use the off-season to try new things. So if I want to introduce something new into Nico's diet, we will have planned that long before we turn up to the race because the last thing he wants is to try something new and find that it doesn't give him the energy when he needs it or it doesn't agree with him so we keep it nice and simple we start off by scheduling three square meals a day uh, based around you know the on-track schedule 
and then we top that up with smaller snacks. When Nico feels like he needs it, when I suggest that he should have it based on the type of energy that's going to give him and when it's going to release it, uh, and we also stay hydrated throughout the weekend as well, which is a key point. Just talk us through these three meals a day. Uh, breakfast, first of all. Yep, breakfast usually at the hotel. Um, breakfast for us is usually quite light. Um, we know we'll have plenty of opportunities to top up. The last thing, you know, in, in any walk of life, the last thing you want to do is have a huge meal and then you feel lethargic and you don't feel like you've got lots of energy. So we keep it light and that way we can just keep topping up. So, yeah, breakfast will be uh, fruits. We'll maybe have some slow-releasing porridge, things like that. Uh, just common sense stuff because we can always we can get more specific and we can get more technical with the nutrition when we're at the track so that's just our breakfast is you know really a base for us okay and lunch and and also how soon before they get in the car do you want to put food inside them that largely depends on the driver so i've worked with many drivers over the years and there's lots of different preferences some like to eat quite soon before getting in the car because they like to feel not hungry um, some don't like to do that. It's the same with exercise as well. Some people like to eat just before they exercise because they want the energy and some people like to have a, a bit of time to digest it. Um, so that really varies on the driver. And, and dinner? Yeah, dinner, depending on what sort of day we've had, that might be an opportunity to have a little treat. Um, but again, we're looking at um, food time protein because driver's about to go to sleep so they're going to recover the muscles are going to recover um so having high quality protein is a really good way to you know aid the muscles recovery now you mentioned the word treat that's when my ears perked up what what is a treat in the world of nico holkenberg um the treats vary uh, they're limited obviously uh, he's extremely professional uh, all these guys up and down the pit lane um, are elite athletes they do have to look after themselves. I think a key point to mention is that all these things we're talking about um, regarding their preparations and their nutrition, that doesn't just happen at the track. They have to turn up to the race weekend having done all the right things when they're back home, uh, being really sensible. So treats are really few and far between. In my opinion, Sunday night's a good good time for that. If we've had a good result, then uh, a small treat is definitely good for the side. But I, I need to know what a treat is. Is it a slice of cake? A slice of cake would be allowed at the right times. Yeah, you're trying to get me to say things I don't want to say, but uh, yeah, there's as long everything in moderation. How many calories does a driver burn on a typical race day, for example? Well, at rest, again, these these guys are elite athletes, so at rest, their metabolism is much higher than yours or mine. So, without even before they even get on the track, they're burning around 2,000 calories a day, and that's if they just had a very sedentary, quiet day. Now. During a race, they could burn between 1,000 and 1,500 calories. So add that to the 2,000, that's 3,500 calories. The average male um, burns about 2,500 calories. So they're expending an awful lot of energy in a very short space of time when they're on the track. So yeah, it has a big cost to them. So especially when we have back-to-back -back races, recovery is quite important um, after a race. As soon as they're off the track, barring your treat, um, we are already thinking about the next race because the sooner we can start their recovery, the soon, you know, the better we'll be uh, for the next race. Martin, it's fascinating stuff. Just finally, you say they're elite athletes. I mean, do they compare mile for mile to any other athlete out there, whether it's a, a runner, a cyclist? Well, all elite athletes will have strengths and weaknesses in different areas. So you won't find another athlete on this planet who has the next strength of an F1 driver. Uh, but things like their VO2 max, which is their aerobic capacity, uh, their body composition, so their body fat percentage, their general upper body strength, uh, general endurance, 
will definitely be comparable to a number of different athletes. So yeah, VO2 max, for example, an elite athlete would have a score of 60 and that's the sort of thing we're aiming for with, with F1 drivers and that's usually what we achieve. So yeah, they're right up there with, with, with other top athletes. Great, well, great to chat to you. I'm going to go and get a slice of cake. Join us next time for another Sahara Force India podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.